The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. There's one power strong enough to break the cycle of addiction and incarceration. One name that restores and redeems hearts. One true Savior. This is Prison Transformation Radio. Stories of chains broken and hearts restored. Here are your hosts, Jim Moore and Pastor Dwight Anderson. Welcome back, church. It's Saturday afternoon, Prison Transformation Radio. This is Jim Moore, the executive director of the R3 Collaborative, where we seek to bring recovery to those coming out of treatment, re-entry to those coming out of prison. And the third R is renewal in Christ. Everything's built around Jesus. And my host, my co-host, Pastor Dwight Anderson, Prison Mission Association. Welcome, Pastor. Yeah, it's good to be here. And we're looking forward to this show. It's going to be exciting to hear what God's doing in the jails and the prisons right here in the Twin Cities. And we do cover a lot of topics, but this one is closest to our heart, ministries in jails and prisons. And we actually have two guests in our studio mm-hmm. who you may have heard in, in the weeks past, mm-hmm. um, Tim Walsh and Saul Selby, both are with Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, but they're putting different hats on today. Um, Saul started an organization many years ago called Missionary Evangelism to Corrections. And so this is uh, Saul's opportunity to share that, that ministry with us. And Tim has been a long-term volunteer, and they go way back doing this kind of work. So, so here we are, the heart and soul of Prison Transformation Radio. Welcome back, Saul. Well, it's, so tell us your story. Well, first of all, again, it's great to be back on this show. And it's particularly exciting to be on the show with my buddy Tim here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was just a punch. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really in on the visual. I, uh, I met Tim in jail. And, yes, uh, you, did. you know, oh. while I was ministering, and there's a story there, but we won't talk about it right now. Um, you leave the impression that I was in jail. I don't, oh, I don't know why people visited that him impression. in prison. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, Tim was actually an employee at the jail. At the oh, time. that's right. Yeah, that was yeah. part of your background. Right. So he was not an inmate at that particular time. <laughs> not so, at that particular at the, time. No. Okay. But um, anyway, so um, MEC is what we like to go by because it's a little bit simpler than saying missionary evangelism to corrections. But basically what we do is we recruit people to go into jail and to preach the gospel. We, we believe that the gospel changes lives, mm. and we believe pe- many people in jail not only desperately need a relationship with Christ, but they're looking for answers. Yes, so we um, seek and equip and train and place people in local county jails, not prisons, but jails, across the Twin City metro, and uh, currently, uh, we have about 75 services a week that wow. minister to between 700 and 1,000 inmates a week. Just in the Twin Cities? Just Twin City metro, metro area, area. Metro area. Well, that's a like few jails, eight, eight counties. It? Yeah, we're yeah. in about 18 different facilities in about eight different counties. Actually, the prisons, too, or primarily the county jails? Uh, jails. We, yeah. we, um, we don't do work in prisons right now. We may, okay. maybe have a relationship with one, but for the most part, we're in yeah. jails, some treatment centers. Okay. So, um, and uh, we've been doing this. I, I've been the director for over 25 years. I've been a volunteer for, you know, over 30 years. Uh, I didn't start the ministry. I, I was a volunteer. Oh, okay. 
uh, a guy named uh, Bartosik, John Bartosik, started the ministry, and he passed away uh, at a relatively young age, and it eventually got handed to me. But I'll, I'll tell you a little story. Please. I'll tell you why I do it. Please. Okay, you know, I, I was a lot younger back then. So I, I have a background of drug and alcohol addiction. I was uh, raised in New York City uh, in a Jewish home, not a very religious home. And because of uh, some less than perfect experiences in my early life, I gravitated drugs and alcohol, thought they'd make my life better. They actually made my life a lot worse. At the age of 27, after 12 years of addiction, I went into a treatment center, not interested at all in Christianity or God, just saying to myself, I need to stop using drugs and alcohol. While there, I had uh, a confrontation with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he very dramatically made himself real to me and enabled me to stop using alcohol. And I began to read the Bible. I began to read about who Christ was, what he did, the importance of having a relationship with him. And I was incredibly excited. I realized, hey, Jesus is real. He can help people like me stop using drugs and alcohol. He can help people uh, spend eternity with him in heaven. Mm -hmm. I need to tell people about Jesus. And, and so I'm 27 years old. I'm going out there and I'm telling everybody I can find, do you know that Jesus is real? Do you, need, do you know you need a relationship with him? And uh, what I found was a lot of people weren't that interested. And it really irritated me. <laughs> I'm basically an impatient guy, and I want my time to count. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, this isn't really as productive as I'd like. And I began to pray. And I said, God, if there's a, is there a venue? Are there groups of people out there that would be more interested mm -hmm. than the general population to hear about Jesus? And shortly thereafter, I was invited by John Bartosik to go to a jail service. And I wasn't really, you know, that interested. I mean, at some level, I didn't necessarily want to go into a jail, but I felt somewhat obligated because you know, okay, this is part of what God seems to be calling me to do, to work with people who want to hear about him. So I sat through the service, and John was a very straight-laced guy. He, he looked like the kind of guy that would not connect well with teenage boys. Hmm. Uh, but he uh, went into the jail, shared a message. He had an altar call, and virtually every young man wow. in that room came forward to receive Christ. Wow. And I said, well, I think this is an answer to prayer. I asked God to show me the groups of people that might be interested mm -hmm. in him, and it was clear that people in jail are very interested in him. Yes. So I began to volunteer, and uh, with, with a few years later, I was asked to uh, become the director after John had passed away. And then I began, you know, I, and I was so excited about jail ministry. You know, I was regularly involved in church. I love church. Church is great. But I, I didn't have an experience in my life where I sensed God's presence more powerfully than in jail, than, than in jail mm -hmm. when I was doing these services, when I was dealing with people that were very hungry to know Christ. And I thought, I can't keep this to myself. I need to, uh, at the time we were just in a handful of jails, maybe there were 10, 11 volunteers. I, I need to go out and find more people to wow. do this and maybe more jails to do it. And even though I had a full-time job working at Hazelden, so my attitude as a director was not to do all the ministry, but to be proactive in recruiting people uh, mm -hmm. to come into the jails and experience the incredibly great experience, rewarding experience, exciting experience right. of ministry to people in jails, help other people experience it as well. And over the years, the ministry has grown. We have well over 200 people that go into jails. Nice. We have over 200 people that pray for us. Um, you know, We have a website. We, we help other ministries get established. And over the years, we've had many, 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 many great volunteers that have worked with us. Uh, some people come in and out because it's not for them, and some people spend decades, literally 
decades in uh, our ministry. And speaking of people who've spent decades in our ministry, to my right is Dr. Tim Walsh, who again, I met in jail, and he has spent over 20 years, I think, in jail. Uh, or working in our ministry, so so it, this sounds kind of contagious. Yeah, it sounds like you got kind of engaged as a professional in the jail system. So tell us how that happened, Tim, and how you branched uh, into the volunteer work. Yeah, so I worked in corrections, and I was working at a juvenile correctional facility, and uh, my boss realized that I was very much supportive of Christian ministries and thought I'd make a great liaison uh, for uh, Anoka County Corrections uh, to MEC. And so I got appointed as a liaison, and so I started working with uh, John Bartosik first. No, it would be, it'd be you shortly after. So that was, that was 30 years ago. Um, when Saul and, and decades, when, decades <laughs> and decades, yes. So we've known each other a long time, obviously. Um, and then when I had uh, my first opportunity, when I started working for another county, uh, I had my first opportunity. I then became a volunteer, and what Saul said is exactly correct. So I go into the Ramsey County Correctional Facility, and I've been doing that for over 20 years. And I want to talk first from the perspective, if you don't mind, of uh, you know the benefit to the volunteer. Please do, because that's yeah. who we're talking to right now yeah. on the radio. Yeah. So first of all, you know, you, you think you're going to be going into this almost like an alien world of jail, and you're mm-hmm. worried about what's going to happen. I got to tell you, in my experience over 20 years, it's always been safe. Yes. And the clients have always, uh, the, the the inmates have always been respectful. And they come in almost always very hungry, and they're hungry for prayer. They're hungry for to talk to somebody. They're hungry for the gospel. They're hungry to hear about the Bible. They're all of that, and and so that's been my experience. And so, it, so oftentimes you don't necessarily feel like doing it when you go in, mm-hmm. uh, but when every single time you go in, you get blessed, mm-hmm. you know, because yes. they they do they they come up they come up and they're just drinking in what you're saying, and then they come up for prayer, for healing, for mm-hmm. salvation be filled with the spirit uh whatever and and you leave and you i can't believe you know that that i had a moment's hesitation of wanting to to minister and and then i got to tell you recently um uh recently i had a serious cardiac arrest and uh and my heart stopped three times and uh and that's that's a story in and of itself but i got to tell you over 200 volunteers at mac uh, we're praying for me. I'm going to start getting teary. Uh, I'm got, talking about this. Well, I'm, uh, getting, uh, I'm getting that oh, way yeah. myself. Yeah, well, I know, Jim. You've been through I something do. similar. But uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah. yeah, just to have a body of believers that love and care so much yeah. that they're always praying for the inmates. They're always mm-hmm. praying for the other volunteers. And, and they work as a like body, me. not separately they, as individuals. They, they do. They do. Mm. So that's, I mean, that's the benefit to us. But I got I to gotta tell you, then also uh, the inmates, when they come in, uh, they are hungry. They're desperate. They're, they're often depressed. They're looking for any answer. And, and, and we're there for them. And you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be an incredible evangelist no. or an incredible speaker. No, there's an advantage in being imperfect. That's right. Imagine. And if you come yeah. with sincerity and you just bring yourself and you're open to them, uh, they just appreciate you. You know, I just got to tell you that. And so yeah. the so the inmates also get a huge mm-hmm. benefit from this. And then we also uh, give them resources afterwards. MEC and Saul's, I'm sure, going to talk about that. But there's resources that we provide for them after they leave jail. 
for the for the inmates after they leave jail well, that's great. and engaging in churches and doing that it's just this is so reminiscent pastor dwight you, this is what you talk about all the time yes. the fertile field yeah if you just tuned in you're listening to prison transformation radio with kkms 980 and uh, i'm pastor dwight and with my co-host jim moore and we've got here that we're talking about the missionary cor- uh, evangelism to corrections which is a ministry right here in Minnesota in the Twin Cities, and with Saul Selby as the director. His wife, Karen, we haven't talked about her yet, but I've talked to her a number of times on the phone um, about promoting our lessons and getting those out into the jails. And Tim just shared uh, what I really feel is is that the prisons and jails is the most spiritually fertile harvest field on the planet. I mean, so if you're a good fisherman, you go where the fish are biting. Well, the fish are biting in the jails. That's mm-hmm. where you're going to really be able to reach a lot of men and women for Christ. So uh, tell us some more then, Saul, about MEC and maybe what you're, how you're preparing them as they get out of, of Yeah, the, how do they get involved? Because I'm guessing there's yeah. a lot of people out there that would like to. They just don't know where the door is to plug into something like this. Sure. Well, a, cu- a, cu- a couple of things. One is, I mean, if you want to inquire about MEC, we have a, a website, which is called MEC Jail Ministry. Dot com. That's the address, mecjailministry.com. And that'll give you a lot of information, including an application to sign up to consider, uh, you know, to be a volunteer. You can, my wife, Karen, is really the person that runs the ministry. She coordinates the activities, of, she trains volunteers, she coordinates their activities, she works with the jails. Um, and Karen's number or the ministry number is 651 408 1300, 408 1300. Um, and, you know, so, you know, we will obviously try to help people transition out of jail to the degree we're able to. Communication is always a bit difficult, you know, once people uh, get out. But if they choose to stay connected to us, we, we also give out, we've given out tens of thousands of Bibles over the years. Mm-hmm. And in the Bibles, we, we slap a, a, a label with our name and a phone number on there. So if people want to contact us and say, hey, is there a good church in my community? We'll set that up if they want to go to a treatment program. We've referred a lot of people to treatment, including Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, where I work. Um, and, uh, you know, we also help train people. You know, a lot of people are curious about jail ministry, but they're a little insecure about yeah. it. They're not sure, yeah. gee, you know, am I going to get beaten it's up? Scary. Will they let me out? Yeah. Will they find some old record of mine and say you can't leave? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you know th- th- there's some anxiety that people have. And, and we, we will train people and we'll also help them be mentored by somebody that has an existing program. And then the, over time, people will be able to figure out whether this is for them. And if it's for them, they can stay for 20, 30, 40 years, as yeah. do some people. But before we quit, I got two stories I want to share. Yeah, plenty of time. Okay. I got, okay, you know, because I can talk fast, fast if I really need to. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. So, but I've got two stories that I'll Please. slow down a little bit. Okay. My wife and I, I mean, so I've been, you know, I'm the leader of the jail ministry um, for 25 years, and I've been doing jail ministry for about 35 years. And my wife and I do um, a, a program together uh, in Center City in the Chisago County Jail. And uh, not too long ago, maybe three, four weeks ago, Karen and I were out for dinner. And we're sitting at a booth, and I'm noticing a couple to my right, and the guy is kind of staring at me. He looks familiar, but I really can't place him. And at my age, it's easy to forget who people are. So anyway, so this guy's looking at me, and uh, they, they finish their meal, this man and woman, and they come up to us, and they explain that they were at the service that Karen and I led for a number of weeks. They met there in the jail. They gave their life to Christ there, and they're now, they were married a month prior to that, so they were just married, and they're attending a local church together. 
So I, I said to them, I said, well, that's really a great story. I said, but when people ask you, where did you meet? What do you tell them? And they, and she said, well, we tell them we met at a Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's uh, so that's a true story. One other story. Um, a number of years ago, I was ministering at the Washington County Jail, and there was a group of men there. It was a you know a man, man, man's pod, and I asked people, "Does anybody have a testimony?" So one guy, you know, his hand shot up, and he just said, "I've got something I need to say." So he said, uh, "When I came into jail, he said, I, I when people come into jail, you know, they have a, often a pending court date, and they they're often looking at prison time." He said, "Well, I was looking, you know, uh, because of." drug distribution I was looking up at the, up, eight, up to eight years of prison time and I didn't want to go to prison so I prayed God help me not to go to prison and uh, he said just in, case my, just in case my prayers don't work he says I'm pretty wealthy I made a lot of money doing what I was doing I hired the best lawyer I could and uh, you know asked my lawyer to make sure I didn't go to prison and um, and then my lawyer came back to me and said I've talked to the prosecuting attorney he said there's no way we've got all this evidence this guy is going to prison for eight years, whatever it was. So he said at that point in time, he just began to sob and cry. And, and he just said, God, what am I going to do? God, help me. And he said as he was was crying out to God that way in a much more sincere way than before when he was depending on his money and his lawyer, mm -hmm. he said he felt the presence of God just engulf him in that room. It was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he said he knew he felt like God was responding to his prayer and he began to cry for a different reason because he mm. felt like God was there. Wow. And um, and then he woke up the next morning and he said something like, you know, maybe I made all that up. Maybe that just wasn't a true experience. He said, he prayed again. He says, God, if that was a true experience, show me. And then he went out into the general population and he, he was a Hispanic gentleman and uh, he had a friend who was Hispanic. They kind of buddied together. And while they're sitting in the general population, he says there was a very large African-American man that was walking toward him. And, uh, you know, he became concerned that this guy was going to pick a fight with him. So he turned to his friend and he said, you know, watch my back. I think I may be getting into a fight in a minute. And uh, this guy walked up to him and he said, he just said, last night I was reading my, the African-American man said, last night I was reading my Bible and I was praying and God told me to oh. tell you that he loves you. And he just started crying in, in the service. He started crying wow. because his prayer to God to demonstrate that he was right. real was being answered in this very unique way. Right. So, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff doesn't happen every day. You do jail ministry. Uh, but it does happen enough to make you really, really excited about the vitality and the reality of God working with mm -hmm. these people. And, and I mean, I think the principle is that God is is very interested in responding to people who are searching, mm -hmm. uh, thirsting for, for righteousness. Amen. And, and, you know, sometimes in churches and American culture, people are fairly complacent. You know, but when you go into the jail, you find people who are desperate and, and desperately thirsting for his righteousness, right. and he responds to that. I just, you know, what's striking me through this is what you said, Tim, just about the, the mindset of someone wanting to volunteer, but you're afraid. I know in my experience, Minnesota Dalton Teen Challenge and going into jails, it was those people. And there's a stigma, and they look kind of rough, and there's this fear and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, I got this experience, wait a minute, these are exactly the people that Jesus went to, mm -hmm. the broken, mm -hmm. the struggling. Maybe that's yeah. Pastor Dwight. Yeah. Well, it's such a fertile soil. And then I started seeing the character and the identity within these people. Mm -hmm. 
and then they melt down and they start talking about their faith and hearts are transformed for the lost yes. but i think just as much tim yeah. those that volunteer to come in their hearts are transformed that's right, that's right. Yes. right tim that's, that's right, right. Yeah. So, so first of all, you know, it's it's you you get prepared. You get into the Word. You pray. You pray for the people that you're going to be ministering mm-hmm. to. But I got to tell you, Jim. You know, the, the heart that I have when I go into minister, because I'm I'm well aware of my defects and and my sinfulness and so on. And so and so when I when I look at the, the men I'm ministering to, they're my brothers, mm-hmm. and I and I really feel that way. They are my brothers. They and so I relate to them on that level. I may be further along in my walk and and Christ has transformed me, but they they're my brothers and and so mm-hmm. I go in with that attitude. I got to tell you that they respond to that because they know that that's coming right from my heart. Yeah. Yep, it's genuine and and real. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I love going into prison. It's real because a lot of churches you go into, people are phony. They put up a front Everything's fine, but in prison, they're real. They'll tell you warts and all what what their struggles are and how we can help each other and well, pray for each other. And and I just my prayer is that this has touched some folks' hearts, uh, not just potential volunteers, but pastors, churches. I, I heard a key thing here is that when people come, they need to have churches to join into. Yes. And I know there are pastors who are very recovery minded, and they want to have that kind of environment. So you've been listening to Prison Transformation Radio, and we've been speaking with Saul Selby, Missionary Evangelism to Corrections, and Tim Walsh, long-term volunteer um, who's been who's been serving in that capacity. So thank you very much, gentlemen, for, for being on board. They are also past colleagues of mine with Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Mm-hmm. And I would like to mention in this program that if you are struggling or you know who's someone who is struggling from addiction, there's there are resources are close by, and the number I always give to people six one two freedom, that's F R E E D O M, and and you'll reach someone at Teen Challenge. They'll they'll counsel and support and help you find the right resources for you. So we just want to make sure those resources are available. Um, I work with the R three Collaborative, and you can reach us at R the number three collaborative.org and you know we have that website and you'll find teen challenge there you'll find missionary evangelism to corrections you'll find prison prison mission Mm -hmm. association Mm -hmm. and what we want to do is we want to connect people uh, connect people to resources that they need in recovering reentry but we also want to connect mentors and volunteers to plug into ministries so you know we're kind of midwifing it we call it the clearinghouse right and so and so this has been probably close to your heart today pastor Dwight because I know you're all over this prison mission yes uh, yes we association love, love going into jails and prisons and uh, Saul repeat again if someone does want to volunteer how they can yeah. get in touch with you how they can take that step to, to yeah, and I and I want to make clear too that uh, there's different types of volunteers. There are people that actually go in and do jail services. There are people that do addiction recovery services. There are people that just get a, a letter and pray for inmates. Oh. Uh, there are people that help us in the office just to help us with uh, administrative stuff. So if you are interested in volunteering or inquiring about volunteering, two things you can do: either call us six five one four zero eight one three zero zero four oh eight one three zero zero or look us up on our website mec jailministry.com wonderful and we what we often ask Saul is for our guests to do is take it to the Lord and close us out in a prayer we have about a 
minute or so left, would you really, would you please just pray for pray for a lost? minute? Uh, uh, or so uh, 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 you can you can the flow music out starts. on the music till the music <laughs> starts. Okay, I'll 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 do that. Heavenly Father, um, first of all, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for the uh, your unlimited mercy and grace that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Not, none of us uh, deserve it, but it's available to all. And we just thank you so much for what Jesus did for us and to us by virtue of uh, shedding his blood on a cross so that our sins could be covered. We pray, Lord, that every person listening to this radio show right now, if they have not yet received the mercy and grace that comes mm-hmm. through Christ, yes. that their heart would be open. If, you, if you're if you listening to this right now and you have not given your life to Christ, uh, let him know that you're interested. Let him yes. know that you want to receive him, mm-hmm. receive his mercy and grace today. Um, we thank you, Lord, to, uh, for, for, the, for the calling that you have in our lives. Mm-hmm. As believers, we have a responsibility to be ambassadors for Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would help the people listening, give them a vision of ways they can serve you, and by virtue of serving you, impacting this world mm-hmm. for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very Amen. much, Solomon. Yep. Thank you very much. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Yes, sir.